Welcome to the Bird Camp Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to the pursuit and promotion of bird hunting. So grab your favorite bird dog and join two brothers from Michigan as we gather around the campfire. Welcome to the Cubby. Welcome to the Cubby. Camp Podcast is proud to introduce our newest sponsor, Dakota 283. This U.S. company produces made-in-the-USA dog kennels of various sizes and options. Dakota 283 is dedicated to building unparalleled pet protection and tailgate lifestyles products for you and your best friends. Not only kennels, but Dakota 283 manufactures food and water solutions, storage for pickups, SUVs, and UTVs, and even a grooming-slash-dog washing station. Dakota 283 is offering free shipping to the continental United States on all their items at their website at dakota283.com. I just personally ordered the G3 medium frame kennel in Hunter Orange. I like the medium size for my Llewellyn setter, and it even has the option for a kennel insert for puppy training for a future puppy that will be added to our family. Use our coupon code BIRDCAMP10, that's BIRDCAMP10, for a 10% discount. Check out all their products, including their kennels, at www.dakota283.com. That's dakota283.com. All right, welcome to BIRDCAMP. This is Season 2, Episode 20. It's Tuesday, October 5th. I'm here with my brother Kevin. We're in studio. How's it going? It's October 5th, and we're in studio in the city. How do you think it's going? Turn around. Look, see all that stuff packed up back there? <laughs> Ready to go. Ready to go. Let's go. Yep, yep, yep. We can't do the countdown to hunting season because it is It's on. Season. It's on. It's on. So uh, we've been out twice. You've been out. I've been out. Five times probably. Yeah, not that many. Um, let's. Well, this episode we're going to give away our Bark River Knife Bravo 1. And then uh, we'll so, t- sounds like a runway. Lando Bravo one, not really. No. And then we're going to uh, talk. We'll talk about September and October hunting. And um, our guest today is Brian Connolly of Anukshuk Professional Dog Food. Anukshuk. That's yeah, a navigation beacon in uh, Inuit. I bet you it is. I looked it up. <laughs> 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 or Norwegian. Anyways, yeah, so... Now, does their mascot, does there have to be like a husky? Anukshuk's Anushun, right? I don't know. Malamute, maybe? Well, we can ask him that. Yeah, yeah, we'll ask him that. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, we went out September right after opening day, right? We went out opening day and the day after. Oh, was it opening day? Yeah. Up in our... uh, Homestead. uh, Homestead where our uncle is and where we have some land. And... um, we didn't hunt on the way up there, did we? No, no. We were too late leaving. And uh, we hunted that evening on the 15th. And right. didn't really see anything, which was kind of a surprise. The next day, I got up early and went for a walk. 
went to visit some steer down the road. and You saw some sharp tail, right? I saw two sharp tail probably 200 yards away, and they were completely sharp tail because one of them went up on top of a pine tree and sat there, and I could see it through the binoculars. And this was taken. a dogless trip because it was just way too hot and humid for the dog. And we were only there a very short time, yeah. but... Um, I didn't. I wasn't hunting. I was just out for a walk when I saw him. Yeah. So we were basically taking our camper up there just to position it, which normally I'd do prior to that, but the wife wanted to use it. So. Yeah, yeah. It has multi-uses: studio, lake, hunting. Right. It's a good camper. But anyway, the next day we uh, had some errands to run. Then we ran over to the Mackinac Gym area, right? Yeah, on our way back. On our way we back. We went to the Mackinac Gym area, and 20 minutes into it, we had a flush. It's 20 minutes. We always... A close-up flush. Yeah. This this was interesting, because we always go a different way at this parking spot. And we... Yeah, all, you wanted to go the other way when we got there. I'm like, I... Because there's somebody else there. Yeah, there was a truck there, and it, it's a little limited in its walking. I was like, ah, let's let them leave. Let's just walk down the road. And within 15 minutes... I, I counted four birds blew out, and uh, brother took one of them on his shot. I think it was only two, but whatever. You saw it. I saw more than two. Your hearing's better than mine. Yeah. I. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who shot, but Matt had a really nice shot. Probably 25 yards? 20 yards? Uh, it's 20 to 25, but it was through a lot of branches and foliage. Yeah. I took two rapid shots. I connected with my second one. My first one, um, I was behind. I knew that the second one, it was a dead-on shot, but it was through branches, and I was using boss shot. I thought, this is just me, but I don't think if I had boss shot, if I was been shooting steel, definitely, I wouldn't have got that because I would have ricocheted. Lead, maybe. Maybe. It might have just deflected as yeah there's no way with steel i would have got that bird no 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 way it it was in fact i saw the bird first but i had no shot i was blocked um just for a hesitation as it was rising up and when you shot that bird it actually helicoptered in the air once and went straight down that's right then i just said i got it i got it and i i said i'm cutting i cut in front of you what i was trying to do is keep the other birds from moving and uh which they already bumped down they had already bumped but i was trying to keep them within 60 yards so we could go after them uh which we did bump them again yeah it took me about a minute to find the bird it was uh it was a wing through brush shot yep. and uh it was still alive and that's where the decapitation shot came in as a yeah. because it was running away from me i don't think i could have caught it Man, and, they are fast you yeah know, the, the, the sharp tail at least this was rough but the sharp tail re- related to the roadrunner and rough are the same way. They they get on the ground, they start moving. They're they're out of my speed discipline. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, if, I'm changing my angle like a Detroit lion. Right, <laughs> but they're faster than I am is what I'm saying. But there's a lion's joke in there right now. There is. Yeah. There is. Hey, fourth and short. Don't kick a field goal. Let's go for it. Let's go for it every yeah. time. Every Whatever. time. Every time. <laughs> Anyways, if we would have had Megs with me, I wouldn't have had to take that shot, but. Sometimes you have to lay in the kill shot to put the bird out of its misery. And uh, some of you probably saw those photos. Boss shot, close up, head shot. It, there was nothing left. Nothing left. Yeah. I, I'd say boss shot, I'm not, we're not sponsoring them, but it raises my confidence level in, in longer shots and through brush It was and a stuff. tough shot. And the only reason I didn't You had the it. better shot. 
you just, I think it scared you. No, right? it, not, no, it didn't scare you. Not scared you. I, right? had, I had a green tree right in front of me where it came up. It came out from the other side of the green leaves. So you're blocked? I couldn't see the bird. I, oh. I knew it was there. I knew it was going up. It was a split second. My safety was off. My finger's on the trigger. And then you shot when it helicoptered. I put the safety back on and started moving. It was, it was a very nice shot. It was a very nice Do shot. Do you have your 16? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, I have my 12. I, I know this is going to make everybody wince, but... The sweet sixteen semi-auto is what I was carrying. So whatever, cheater, cheater. Just go single shot. Fifty years, I gave up the tradition. It's like I'll just carry what's light. <laughs> but it was it was a good one. Then we went down to uh, Gustafson's. Uh, yeah, and you UP. were kind enough to clean the bird for me because we were. I was stupid. I forgot the cooler. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I had to go buy a cooler, some ice, and um, water. Some water to clean the bird with, and then uh, of course I bought some jam and some other stuff that freaking tourists from the U- not from yeah. the UP buy. But I uh, funny you said how quick because we were on a really tight schedule. Yeah, we had, we had to, to be 250 miles away in like four hours. I had to pick something up. I was buying to meet the guy, which we actually went to the wrong spot. But I'm, that's a whole another story. I'm still scarred by that <laughs> evening. I'm really scarred. Well, let's tell it. I don't care. Oh, let's tell it. Okay. Well, let's finish. So. Eagles and Augustine, knowing that we were short on time, we had to be down there in Midland. We're in the UP. And uh, we'll tell that story in a second. He goes, how quick can you clean this bird? <laughs> he goes in the store, comes out, and I'm standing there. There's nothing left but the breast. <laughs> wow, the clean bird. I actually cleaned the whole thing. And uh, I even saw the owner of the store, who I think I knew from a long time ago. And uh, he said, hey, uh, how you doing? And I just said, yeah, I, I want to ask before I do it, but I've got bird guts and stuff. We're bird hunters. You know, we're all, I'm in orange and Matt's in the store. And I go, I'm just going to tell you, I, I want to ask, can I throw this stuff in your dumpster over here? He goes, happens all the time. And I go, really? And he points, there's a buck pole right next oh, to it. Yeah, so you're he not goes, the first Yeah, one. we don't care. <laughs> we understand. Of course, they got all kinds of fish and food and Jerky and stuff they're making right there, and those you oh, know they're, they they're, smoke stuff. Their right smoked there. fish is so good, and they didn't have any that yeah. day. I, I didn't even get to go in because we were in such a hurry. But we'll be back there soon next week. Yeah, it's a good place to go. You know, they could come on as a sponsor, man. We'll talk I left my business or yeah, our business yeah, card there. Yeah, yeah. So the real story is, we hustle, get all the way back down to the Midland area, right? Yeah. Okay. So some of you know I'm a pilot. Um, I fly for a living, but I also enjoy flying small airplanes. I had sold a previous airplane. I have a project airplane that I slowly work on. That's like a long-term commitment. And then uh, picked up this plane that I've been eyeing for about a year, year and a half, that the guy finally reluctantly, who was getting up in age and actually had another project he's interested in sharing with a designer, an aircraft designer that he went to high school with, who is his neighbor as well. Um, but he wanted to sell the other airplane that his high school buddy built, which is awesome. And I had to pick the plane up. We were supposed to go to his house, but I understood go to the air, local airport to pick the airplane up. And then Kevin was going to take my truck and haul the floats that go with his airplane, which is currently on wheels. But it can it, it can go either way. It can go on yeah. water or on land, but not right. both. This right? is a experimental kit aircraft that is made. It's made by a professional boat slash airplane builder, but you could make this airplane like in your garage if you're a hobbyist right. or whatever from plans. But this was professionally built. Anyway, so I blast off, and Kevin has to be at work at, what, 5 in the morning? 
I got to get up at four thirty. Four thirty, and uh, the next day, and it's <laughs> we were late. Well, because we had traffic. Can I interrupt? Yeah. As we're then, what happened? He takes off from this municipal airport. I have to go back to the old guy's house and pick up these two floats, which are about twelve feet long, probably ten feet long. Uh, it's ten twelve feet long, yeah. And we had seen this, so we knew what we were dealing yeah, with. They made a wood carbon fiber. The whole fiber time metal, we're at the airport, aluminum. the old guy that you bought it from is antsy. He keeps going, "You guys need to go. You need to go." And it never clicked in my head because I'm thinking, "I know this plane will do 100 miles an hour." And that's what I thought too. And I'm like, "Why is he rushing me to get out of here? Four, I got like five you took hours. off at 4:30. Yeah, and I got to my house at 5:40. 40. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, why do? What's he talking about? So I drive brother's truck down 10 miles away to his house. All tore up on construction. Can't get back on 75, I-75. Pick up the trailer, and this trailer has no lights, That's no registration. He, he didn't admit, or at least withheld, or just didn't communicate well again. And he was getting antsy. It's like, yeah, there was I, no lights As soon as we got there, trailer. I instantly jumped out, and I said, because by the time I drove from the airport to there, I realized I was in trouble. And I was like, oh, wait a second. It gets dark at like 7.40. Oh, I got to go. Well, this gentleman's a great guy, but he's talkative. So I jump out and says, man, I, I got to go. And he goes, he looked at me and goes, that's what I've been trying to tell you to. He wasn't talking about the airplane. He was talking about me. Right. And I, I'm like, <laughs> we totally didn't thinking about it. the airplane. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't have lights on the trailer. I didn't know it until you got home no to planes, my house. No registration, no lights. I'm driving down I-75 to I-96 to I-69 to I-94. And, and as this I, thing has what? Eight-inch tires? Oh, yeah. They're the little nine, ten-inch tires, trailer tires. I think they're eights. They might be nine. They're rated for, I look. 40 miles an hour. 45 miles an hour. <laughs> You're doing 70. No plate, no lights, no registration, and I'm going right through the middle of Michigan. I made it to Lansing, and Lansing, is the highway on the northwest side with the way I was coming, is completely blocked. It reroutes me halfway to Grand Rapids and back on the highway because you can't get from the northwest to the south or northeast to the southeast in Lansing right now. By the time I got south of Lansing, I still had 45 minutes to go. These floats are bouncing. Yeah, they're lightweight. They're carbon fiber mostly. And they are six inches off the ground. Not even that. The rudder actually on the left side when you got there was like... It, it had bumped somewhere. Well, it had scraped. There's no... A little scratch in here and there, Which, but I mean, no. I stopped even 10 miles from your house and went, oh, my God, something. There's no way these things, because once I got off the highway, it's all two-lane back road. But by then, it's pitch dark. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming down I-84 going, I need one idiot doing 80 miles an hour weaving traffic. They're not going to see that trailer. Nope. Truck's gone. Floats are gone. Yeah. I'll be gone. Or a state trooper pulling up next to you. How did I drive from <laughs> Pinconning to Vicksburg and never see a cop? I Not, don't know. It's, it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started getting irritated because <laughs> well, it's 9 o'clock at night. By the time I got to my brother's house, I'm just giggling going, yeah, I'm going to get like four hours sleep, have to go to work. I'm just happy I didn't die <laughs> and I didn't ruin the floats. That's all I care about. It was a horrifying trip. <laughs> I Because it was getting dark and I had no lights on the trailer, I couldn't stop for water. I couldn't stop to eat. I, I didn't stop. I stopped twice in rest areas for like two minutes. I didn't go in to pee. I just leaned against the truck. And I'm like, I got to go. My whole thing was, I got to go. I got to go. Moving. I got to keep moving. 
<laughs> and for a retired guy, that ain't so good. <laughs> but it was all survival. Yeah. yeah. So so we covered our hunts. Oh, I'm sorry. You went back up, right? Yeah. I, talk so after talk that, into the microphone, Kevin. Talk into the microphone. I went back up there and um, let's see. What did I do? I went back to, I was keeping the travel trailer at Uncle Mel's next to his garage there. I took Maggie with me this time. Let me look at my notes. Um, Didn't oh, yeah, I took the new uh, Dakota 283 Orange Dog Box. Um, Maggie, she didn't like it at first, but after a while, she's hopping right in. Oh, is she? That's, yeah. that's good news. I had to get a little liner to go in there because she's a baby and needs a pad. I just know so. my relationship with her, and when we get ready to go hunting, she's just going to point with her paw at the box and get in there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll ride in the front. <laughs> Um, on the way up, I went to the gym. I don't know why I keep going to these gyms. It's just, I, I have this thing. I want to hit all the gyms. I don't know why. They're building so many. I know. And they come out with new ones, but I've been to this one before the Indian river gym. And, uh, I kind of got a little, that's the one that you go by this township hall. If you go in the one entry area, it's kind of weird. It's been a while. I, I yeah. Okay. Anyways, I get back in there and I get to a point and my truck is kind of loaded down with equipment and stuff and huge mud puddle. I'm like, I could get through that, but what if I get stuck? Uh, so I just parked right there. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I took a picture because then Maggie went up and she didn't, she, on the way back, she laid down in it, but on the way um, out. out to go hunting, you saw the ruts. Yeah. You couldn't see her in that mud puddle. It was, they're like 14 inches easy. That's the best thing when she lays down and all that's... Uh, that's why she's in the box. What about <laughs> safety? Um, what was I going to say? No, nothing there. Nothing but bugs. A lot of gnats, mosquitoes. It was getting hot. I could only do a short walk with her. I get to basically where I haven't seen any birds. I haven't heard a flush, nothing. And the train was getting weird. And I started turning around. Here comes a truck out from the other way where I haven't been yet. And it was a guy from St. Louis. And... uh him about the podcast so he's a season start listening give him a card but uh he had a dog in the back and he had been tent camping all the way from st louis by himself with his dog it actually sounds kind of fun that's it's rough but it sounds it's rough fun. i mean it's fun until you just you and the dog and starts raining you <laughs> know on, you and i know just you and the dog it's gonna be an adventure it's gonna be fun right right well he, he was a younger guy i think this microphone's actually dying I hear myself going in and out. Is it my house, my TV, my no, computer, I, the microphone? I think it's a microphone. Me? Anyways, am I dying? Somebody, somebody. We're all dying. We're all dying every day. So I talked to that guy, and he said uh, he's been all through there and nothing. I think he did say he had a woodcock earlier, but not in that area. And he was heading the UP. It's like, so am I. See so you up there. So I kept going up to the UP, and uh, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Next morning, I hunted. On our land a little bit. Uh, it was raining from anything from rain, light rain showers to moderate rain. So that, that doesn't make for fun. Um, but it, it's usually pretty good for the birds. I didn't see anything or get any flushes in our area. I didn't see the sharp tail again. And then I went to uh, directly out east from Uncle's Road. I don't want to give this away, but until it ends. Past yeah. where we grew I up. I know exactly where you are. Yeah. And I, I hunted an hour and a half or so there and nothing and it was raining hard then so then i went up and saw tom in pickford oh how's tom doing? um good good and then um then i went out the stalwart area 
I looked at that cabin for you, which was probably a no-go because it was just too... It wasn't right. It's too out there in the middle of nowhere. But I hunted some public land there. Really nice cover. That's where uh, Maggie pointed on a bird and it turned out to be a quail. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Bam! Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It might have been a dove, but it looked like a quail. Um, pretty sure it was... It was one or the other, not what I was looking for. And then we went across the street, and I was on Onyx, and I'm like, well, it says that's public land, but it goes up to private. So I was on the border of private and public land right there. Um, and uh, that's when she went on point, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I thought she, she was pointing at the truck because we were coming back from this loop we were doing, and it was like an open rolling area, not in the woods, um, but with young pine trees. And a few aspen, like young aspen, um, bunches of, what do you call that? Um, Tag holders. No, just young aspens in groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, we could see the truck, you know, it's like an inch big in our view. And she's pointing between me and like right at the truck. And I'm like, what are you doing? Point at the truck? And then all of a sudden this woodcock goes <laughs> up. And it was just loud. Not the flush, but the bird was like chirping and chirping loud. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And by the time I took a shot, I was just unexpected. Just this, what standard stuff. You think you're making fun of your dog because your dog's pointing at the truck and she's on point on a woodcock within three feet. And I shoot and miss by a long ways. Didn't even get a second shot off. She turns around, and looks at me, and is like, "What?" I, I've seen that look on Maggie. She she's turns like, around, and looks at, and then comes those. up to me and sits down right in front of me. And is like, "Where is it? Where is it?" I'm like, "I missed it." So then we went and tried to find it again because I saw where it went. And I went down to this low area and into this thick aspen area that goes a swamp. And I looked for, I don't know, seems like forever. I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. It started raining again. So then I went back, had lunch with the uncle, and then uh, went down to Angio's. Had some Ooh. meatballs, so it was pretty good. Cedarville, Michigan. And then, um, then I relocated the travel trailer out to where we're going to set up for... Um, Next week for Germfesk. Not for Germfesk, for hunting in Germfesk. Germfesk, yeah. So I went to, uh, got all that done. We went out one more time and hunted. And um, was it then or the next morning? No, the next morning. No, I went to the Jolly Inn, had dinner. And then um, the next day, I went down and went to the south of Germfesk and found a few areas to hunt. And then that's when I saw that giant rough grouse hmm. but it was in an area off a two track on state land where they had done logging a few years ago but left a lot of the the lumber laying down really so it was a clearing and it came off that clearing like you'd see you know you see crows flying off in the distance when you're, you're it out. always surprise you when you see a grouse flying in the open it's just yeah like, just flying in the open left or right <laughs> and maggie didn't even Pay attention to it. I'm like, oh, with my gun, I'm like, that's that's over 100 yards away. Yeah. I mean, or close to it. I'm like, that's way out of range. Yeah. And then, so I watched where it went, and it went up on this hill embankment. But I don't think it sat down again. We went, and I tried to get her on it, and I couldn't find it. Probably went right to the peak of the hill and went over the hill. That's what I think happened. Because I went. Trotted over the hill and was gone. Right. Yeah. I went on the, I paralleled its course and went on the bottom side of the hill, then I went to the top side, and then I sporadically went where I could get to on the back of it. Yeah, I think one time uh, 
Dr. Tom and I were coming out of the woods and there's a big clearing area. We walked like 50 yards and a bird blew up from the grass. But it was 50 yards out. You know, obviously saw it coming across. The, it was wide open. And uh, when it when it blew up, it didn't go back down. It just flew. No, it didn't blow out of the grass. Actually, it crossed. It came out of a tree when we were in the big clearing area. And I caught it out of the corner of my eye as it's flying, and it goes across. It's about 60 yards out. Neither one of us pulled the trigger. We just looked at it. We were so shocked that a bird flew on a straight line in an open area. You know, you only had a second. It's like, bird, oh. <laughs> You're used to just reacting. It, it's like, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> but, Can't do anything about I, I relate is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I went back to the trailer, let the dog rest for a while, got some... Uh, water in her and some food and then uh went back out and i wanted to go try the one of the gym areas just to scout it out for you guys i went to that it's called Melstrand gym area it's way up near lake superior coast it was about from where we're camped 20 30 minute drive yep um got up there went past this restaurant and it was packed i was like what it's called the bear claw anyways Go to the good restaurant. Go to the gym area, and this gym area is off the major two-lane highway. I forgot the name number of the highway, but um, there's several turnoffs for this gym area. So I went off seventy-seven or twenty-eight. I don't remember. I just said that. Okay. Um, I went to the first one off the right because I'm following this guy in this Ford Ranger with dog boxes, and he's slowing down. So I'm like, he's going to this freaking gym area too. Because where else would he be going? Unless he's got a cabin up here. So I'm like, if he goes right, I'm going to keep going. If he goes left, I'm going to go right. So I went right because he kept going, and then he turned left. I pull in, and I'm getting everything ready. I got the dog out, getting all geared up, get my gun out. And this guy pulls up with a nice mountain bike on the back of his car. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I got a guy who wants a mountain bike in here while I'm hunting. Nope, he was actually a grouse hunter, but he's just out, you know, traveling around, scouting. And he said he was down at the other parking area and just flushed. I can't remember if he said two or three, but he he flushed a covey of birds. I'm like, oh. He's like, yeah, and there were some other guys there, and uh, they didn't see the flush. I did, um, but they're getting ready to leave. So, obviously, he was biking there, which is weird. But... I don't know if I'd bike in the woods up there right now. Well, I guess if you're a grouse hunter and you're scouting, it's kind of cool. But, and if you know nobody else is in there, especially there. Yeah, it's like you have here. Don't shoot me orange on, you're probably okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyways, he was a nice guy. Told him about the podcast. And so I went and hunted that side. Nothing. Good cover, but you're real close to the road. That trail parallels the road. So if you have a, a dog that goes um, quite a bit left to right, I'd be a little bit weary of hunting on that right side, which would be the east side of that road. M77, the one that I think you're right. More so. Um, but later, uh, we moved further down to the main entry, which is the not the last one on the west or left side, but the second to last where the main sign is. I went and hunted all that area. They did a really good job setting up that, that gym. But, again, I didn't see any birds, and there's a lot of trails. I mean, you could have more than three or four groups of hunters in there and be okay. <laughs> Um, and that's where the other guys were. That's where I thought he said the flushes were. Uh, there is another area which I did not hunt because I was just getting the dog was done and I was getting hungry. Um, 
So no flushes. That is the area we thought we heard a drum when we got in the very back of that. Um, because it, I, I just finally realized working on my dog, when she hears a drum, she kind of freaks out a little bit. Starts running around looking around. And I, I can't hear the, all the drums. So I didn't get any, just a drum there, no birds, no shots. Uh, coming out of there, I had this yellow Jeep pull up. And actually Maggie... When she sees a truck off in the distance a little bit, she'll run to the truck because I leave water there. She goes and gets a drink. Even though I have water for her, she likes drinking out of her own cup or dish. Anyway, she uh, she runs up there, and I see this yellow Jeep and this lady chasing Maggie. And I'm like 40 yards away now. And I start like jogging up there. I'm like, I don't want somebody stealing my dog. No. Which, um, that's what's going through my mind. Or that maybe... She's going to run in the highway, which my dog won't do that. But, you know, maybe that's what this lady's thinking. And then Maggie runs back to me after I call her. And then this lady goes over and starts reading the gym sign. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're just checking out what this is. Whatever. And I get up there. So, you know, I'm in orange. Carrying a gun. Carrying a gun. Put Maggie on a leash I carry with me. And uh, I tie her off to the back of the truck. And give her some water. This lady comes up to me and says, what are you doing? So the yellow Jeep is still sitting there. And it's running. And it's all tinted windows. And I'm sorry, I have this thing. If you drive a yellow vehicle, you're either a chick or a... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> a, a different type of guy. That doesn't like girls. Anyways. Never had a yellow vehicle. <laughs> yeah. But a yellow airplane, that's okay. But that's not different. That's not different. a yellow car or jeep or boat <laughs> right so i look at it and i can't it's either illinois or new york maybe they have this crap all over the license plate i'm like i don't know that's not somebody from michigan or wisconsin minnesota that's that's somebody from on vacation doing the color tour or something and the lady is oh she's probably in her 60s and she comes up to me and eh, she might have been in her 50s i couldn't tell she comes up and she's wearing like all oh, the like a like a leotard with a vest. I mean, she had the whole Lands End or whatever. Or... Yeah, it's just odd looking. And comes up to me and she's like, "What is this area?" I'm like, uh, "It's a gym." And she's like, "A gym?" I'm like, uh, "It's it's a hunting area." And she's like, "Oh." And then she looks at me and finally realizes that I'm holding a gun. And I'm, I'm breached now, and I'm, like, taking my shells out. And she, she's like, so you have a gun? I'm like, well, yeah, you have to have a gun to hunt. No, no, we're throwing rocks at birds. Yeah, I'm using a net, a butterfly net. I'm going to hawk. Yeah. Falcon. That's Falcon. actually a thing. <laughs> I know it is. Anyways, she's like, well, oh, oh, okay, so there's hunters back there? I go, no, I was the only one back there. And I go, and there's no birds back there. And she's like, oh, so you're hunting birds? I'm like, yeah. That's what a grouse is. I go, it's on that sign that you're reading. See the big bird right there? Yeah, that's what I'm... I go, there's also bunnies and deer and, you know, <laughs> on the sign. Um, and she's like, oh, well, can I go back there? I go, yeah, anybody can go back there. It's, it's public. Well, we have these dogs. Can we take walk our dogs back there? I go, yeah. She's like, do I need a license or a permit? I go, as long as you're not carrying a gun, you're fine. Go back there. There's nobody else back there. So I'm like, whatever. She walks away. And I'm like, 
you know, I don't see a problem with somebody walking their dogs in a gym, right? I mean, basically, that's what you're doing when you're hunting. So I, I was kind of pissed that they're not bird hunters, and they're kind of using it with all this land around. They're using a gym. Completely don't understand. No, they're doing the color tour. They're probably from Chicago or something. Well, they have every right to be there too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I just thought it was odd. And then they park after doing a 12 point turn in this big parking lot because the guy just didn't know where to park. And I'm just going real slow because I'm still kind of like I want to see what's going on here. Put Maggie in the kennel. You know, put my gun away, and I'm just kind of sitting there just going slow. They park. Open the back of that thing, and these huge two black matching poodles get out. Like, I thought they were Great Danes at first, but then I started thinking, I'm like, those are like giant poodles wearing diamond collars. <laughs> okay. And the guy gets out, and like I said, yeah, not her boyfriend, or if so, it's... It's a weird one. It's a weird one, because he was a lot younger than her. and Son, probably. I don't know. They get out and trot down the trail. So I go down to the next gym area, and I'm like, eh, they're doing a bunch of logging there, which is good and bad. I turn around, and then uh, I go back, and they're still there. But whatever. So I, I'm hungry now. Maggie's passed out. She's done for the day. So, well, we did go out again that evening after she got a little rested. But um, went to the Bear Claw. That's an amazing place. I mean, it's set up for, like, ORVers. No, it's actually just south of Melstrand. It's kind of in between three towns. Yeah, I know where you mean. Yep. On a, a three-way corner. Yeah, it's set yeah. up on the Snowbill Trail and the ORV trails. It's, they were packed. And so I, we're going back there next week? We probably should. I yeah. had one of the best burgers. It was called the, uh, I don't know what they called it, West Wisconsin-Michigan or Michigan-Wisconsin <laughs> burger. But it was a quarter pounder of local you know, beef, Wisconsin cheese, and then they put a sausage patty on there. Oh, and then he said, "You got it. If you get this, then they'd go more cheese." And then he goes, "If you get this, you got to get the sauteed onions and mushroom." I'm like, "Hook me up." They did that, and then some lettuce, you know. And uh, they have their own spicy mustard they put on there. Oh, dude, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I, it's the, we got to go there for our dinner out. Yeah, but their credit card machine was broken, which is not unusual in the UP to have internet issues. But so cash hmm. only at that point. Well, not usually, just right then. But every, all the tourists were in there, and they were bringing, they're coming in and getting their pasties. Hate those things. Really? Do you like it? When they're made right, yeah. But yeah. seldom are they made right. Well, we grew up with them, so I'm like, that's nasty. I don't think it's nasty if they're cooked right. With well, the what right if they put carrots in it? Well, then it's wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. I don't know. Not my thing. So that's all I got. That was my report, but it was just a little too hot. Are too hot for the dog on the lower peninsula, a little cooler well, next your, day. Your story about the Jeep is interesting. I just read something that um, at a golf course down in Alabama, there were people with noisemakers and stuff bothering the golfers. And three of the golfers went over to confront the people in the woods. This is a private club. And <clears throat> thought there was a couple of them. It turned into a confrontation. There's like 30 of these activists out in the woods. Beat the crap out of the golfers. Now, first... If you're a golfer and there's activists in the woods, you have clubs. Yeah, that's just dumb. You should win, okay? Right. They didn't win? No, they got the crap beat out of them. What did the activists have, like they, weapons? They, no, just like sticks and stuff. Oh, that's weird. There's just 30 of them. They overran them. Oh, guess, yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah it's an Alamo type thing. But 
Um, they didn't catch the activist either. And I hope we don't start running this crap in the woods because the difference between a golf club and a shotgun is, you know, 25, 30 yards. And I, I just don't want to see it. I just, you know, it's, I think you handle it right. You have a right to be here. You can do what you want. I it was just I just thought it was a weird situation. Yeah, I don't know. We've had a couple. The thing that was weird about it was she's sitting in front of the sign, reading the sign, and then asked me what this is. I mean, dude, it's right there in front of you. It's on the sign that you've been reading for like five minutes while you I was sitting there watching you. I, I know those signs. You you know the the rough grouse is like this big. Yeah. You should have said they're life size and they're carnivorous. Right. <laughs> I hope your dog is trained. <laughs> they like giant poodles. Yeah. They <laughs> but, like black meat. All right. We got to get on to the last thing here. Um, I got, oh, broke into the Dungeons and Dragons set. I got, oh, my, oh, okay. so, got my multi-sided dice right in front of me. I didn't know what you're talking about. So we're going to give away the Bark River knife that we've been holding on to for six months? Yeah. More than that. Yeah. Um, the Bravo one, leather sheath, Hunter Orange handle. Over a three hundred dollar value. Bark River is a Michigan company located in Bark River, Michigan, which is near Escanaba, Michigan. I think actually part of their productions in Bark River, the storefront Escanaba, or maybe vice versa. So here we go. These are for our patrons that support oh, us on Patreon. Yep. And one one last thing on this: if we have a complete rain out, washout day hunting next week, that may be a destination. I'd like to do that. I also like to go to the Upper Hand Brewery. That would be a destination. Yeah. Anyway, so we have uh, multiple dice here for multiple entries, and tell me when you're ready. All right, go ahead. Number one. Number one. Number one is our latest patron. No way. <laughs> he joined last night off the Facebook warning, and he's been a guest on the show, Dennis Statwich. You know. There's so we're going to have to stop in there and give it to him. Of all those names, there's only two that have been guests on the show, and he was number one. Yep. In last night. Hey, Dennis, you just want a Bark River hunting knife. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yep. Yeah. And, I'll reach out to you later and uh, see yeah. if you want us to mail it or we could drop it off Oh, next this, week. this knife is so cool, too. Congratulations, Dennis. And trust me, we had the dice out. We had all the names listed, a bunch of them. And uh, <laughs> the, of the dice we picked, there was bunch of them and we picked the uh one that had an odd spot on it and that was dennis so number one but. sweet well congratulations and now we'll um have our guest coming on yeah this is going to be a very good guest this is um the marketing director for inukshuk professional dog food and his name is lee Corey. is that who we're having honestly no that's the owner of the company it's brian brian i didn't have that i guess but we'll be interested to talk to Brian. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Bird Camp as we sit around the fire tonight. We've uh, got a very interesting guest in. We have Brian Connolly. Brian is with Inukshuk. Is that pronounced? You're going to have to help me with the pronunciation. Inukshuk, yeah. You Anukshuk. did pretty good there. You yeah. slowed down a little bit. Inukshuk. Yeah, there's a lack of confidence in the grammar there. It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, is a, it is not a word that comes up in regular conversation all that often, but I'm happy to kind of go over what it means, you know, when the conversation gets to it, for sure. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, actually, that's a pretty good starting point. Um, I, I, I'm thinking it's Inuit. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, um the indigenous people up north uh, use Nookshooks, and, and there's a bunch of different, you know, um, different types of indigenous people up there with a few different names, all which get increasingly more difficult to pronounce, so I don't like to do them an injustice of trying. 
but uh, the Northern First Nations people of Canada and the U.S. use Anukshuks, those little rock statues, for a few different reasons. They were wayfinders, so the, the long rock in the middle of our logo, the, the narrower side of it would be pointing the way home, so that's the way you'd want to go if you were coming across that with your team of, uh, team of dogs and sled. And there was even food caches buried underneath the Anukshuk. So, you know, the Anukshuk was a great symbol of hope, that you're on the right track. There's a little bit of love and support underneath some of them sometimes. So it was really emblematic and iconic um, in our hearts and minds when we were getting Nookshuk off the ground because we're a Canadian company. And some of our first company, uh, our first company customers with the Nookshuk were sled dog teams. So, you know, the, the imagery and the meaning behind it and the Canadian iconography just all was perfect fit for, for what we were trying to accomplish with the food. That's fascinating. Learn something new today. I, uh, actually, from our little oh, it's a, it's a rich culture, man. Up north, I'm really hoping to travel up north once you know the borders are a little bit uh, more open uh, to experience some of that. You know, sled dogs and 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 everything that they accomplish have have obviously kind of fallen out of of prominence. But there's a lot of people working really hard to keep that part of the culture alive. Oh, and yes. you know, raw food up north is super super expensive. So. And we were initially trying to solve that problem. How can we make the most energy-packed food for these sled dog teams? And, uh, you know, obviously, as we'll get into this, um, the Anukshuk formulas provide a lot of solutions for other situations in life. But that's kind of where it all started with us. So it's on the bag and it's in the name. Well, a couple things that drew my attention, the Anushin, uh lifestyle uh the town we grew up in had a very famous writer from her name sue harrison actually and she wrote about the lucian anushan indians um back way way back and so i i got a little bit of the culture there but i did not know a nookshook was was actually a marker and that that's very fascinating interesting yeah and the sled dog thing is always i used to own a husky and a malamute and it's always been near and dear to my heart um I, I'm very fascinated by the Iditarod and many of the other races, so it, it's very good. So interesting. That's a great. That's a great marketing piece. I like that. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah, we appreciate it. So knowing that we, sled, we really like sled dogs have some similarity, Brian, to hunting dogs in the amount of distance they travel and energy they ex- expel. Um, with the start in sled dogs. Now you're developing a future diet, so let's talk a little bit about the products. Sure. Yeah, so, um, you know, we have a few main demographics that we really um, cater to. So I started with sled dogs. We're very big in the hunting world, and we're getting more and more uh, ground there. Uh, canine units, you know, dogs that do scent detection uh, or any type of scent-related job, bed bug sniffing dogs. The reason that our formulas work so well are, well, there's a bunch of reasons, but basically it's the high protein and it's the high fat. And the biggest problem was for sled dogs and for hunting dogs, you've probably seen it over many days and long hunts, you can actually watch dogs lose muscle, you know, especially in their back haunches there over three or four days. If they're not getting what they need as much as protein to recover each day and enough fat to actually have the energy to accomplish what they want to accomplish throughout the course of the day. So high protein for recovery, high fat for energy. But what we quickly learned is that high fat does a couple other things when it's made the way that we make it that really, really help a hunting dog. So when a dog is panting, you know, trying to cool down, they can't use their nose. They can't smell. And, you know, half a second, if that dog's not smelling, can make all the difference of finding that bird and flushing it or not, right? So what we found was that 
a really high-fat digestible diet, we have a really great hammer mill, and it crushes our kibble ingredients down to almost like a flour-like substance before we cook it. And because of that fine grind, plus what we make it with, the dogs are able to really digest it easily. Now, when your digestive system is working, your body is heating up. So even if it's cooler and they haven't been running hot, if they're working hard to digest that food, they're going to be panting more and have a higher internal temperature. So by making a really easy-to-digest formula that breaks down quickly, that dog's going to be panting less and at a cooler temperature. Hmm. Now, what we've also found is that fat really enhances this membrane that links what they're intaking through their nose to the olfactory system in the brain. Um, The more porous that membrane is and the stronger it is, the more they're actually able to receive through their nose. And we're not exactly sure on how fat is doing that, but we know that the correlations are there, and we're digging deeper into that. But we're really strengthening the olfactory system through the high fat. It's not just energy that it provides. And that, and that we've, you know, we talk to hunter after hunter, and they all say that you know, they don't know why it's working or understand necessarily what's going on, but they can see the results. So we're, we're looking forward to kind of cracking that nut open and actually being able to have some definitive research um, in that field. That's pretty awesome. That is really interesting. Um, and as far as formulation, it, it's pro, it's prime proteins, carbohydrates, um, high, fat, yep. so. high fat, and it looks like uh, calcium, phosphorus, sodium levels are uh, pretty minimal, actually. Uh, a lot of dog foods are yeah, pretty so high yeah, in sodium. Yeah, so you know, CalFOS levels, AFCO, which is, like the, is kind of like the food FDA group for, for pet food in the States, you know, they have some really strict guidelines and every single thing that we produce out of our mill you know falls within the AFCO regulations but there are some other you know things to consider um, that set one dog food apart from another dog food so like yes we have high protein and we have high fat but the quality and the versatility of the protein really matters too you know if you're using just one protein source let's say chicken well chicken if you get a good chicken meal um, it's a really good protein, uh, but it's only got omega-3s in it, you know. Uh, Omega-6s and 9s and 3s together working as a team is what it's all about. So we have a really nice profile balance for protein uh, between herring, uh, which is a fish that we pull out of the Bay of Fundy, which is right in our backyard here in New Brunswick. We're located kind of right above the state of Maine. Um, is really rich in omega-6s and 9s, and then chicken is really rich in omega-3s. So, you know, skin and coat health, um, is awesome with the fine balance of those proteins. So some dog companies will say, we don't use chicken meal. We use, you know, 30% uh, chicken meat. And that sounds good on paper, but it's actually pretty misleading because if they're talking about a kibble, there's not going to be chunks of chicken meat in that kibble. There's gonna, it's going to be cooked down and processed into a meal. Now, here's the catch. If you're using 30% chicken in a formula, but then you cook it down, you know, there's so much water in that chicken meat. And once that water drains out, you're not left with 30% protein or 30% chicken anymore. You might have started with that much, but you don't have nearly that much actually in your formula. So then a lot of companies making lower-grade foods will boost up those protein levels using something like corn or another protein source, which is not really good. It's, it's inexpensive. So when you're looking at the back of a bag, you know, if you see chicken first and it's not another meat protein source or corn or soy or something like that or pea as your second ingredient, that's a red flag. We use chicken meal, which has already been dehydrated, and we use 30% chicken meal or 30% protein from animal fat 
between chicken and herring meal, which means we haven't cooked away all that watering and, and lied and fudged that number. We're talking about that's 30% of the animal protein derived from those sources. So that's a big differentiator that not everyone can understand because it's kind of a, you know, a misleading and, and difficult uh, market to sometimes navigate. Is that where these numbers come from on your, your different three different food types? So okay. right out of the bat, when we were starting with the Nook Shook, we were like, you know, we're selling this to people, canine professionals. Uh, we want a, the name to reflect what they're, what they're getting right away. So we've got 2616, which is 26% protein and 16% fat. That's for puppies, small breed dogs, uh, whelping mothers, uh, dogs that want to lose a few pounds, or a hunting dog that's in the off-season and just doesn't need all the rocket fuel that they're getting from one of our other two formulas during high hunting season. 3025 is our most popular amongst hunting dogs. 30% protein, 25% fat, uh, you know, pointers, border collies, uh, shepherds, high drive dogs that are maybe not working dogs all the time, but have active lifestyles or just high drive metabolisms and high drive natures. They thrive on this food, that formula specifically. And then 3232 is the world's highest energy dog food. And we'll talk about that in a second, but that's our, that is our true rocket fuel. That is fueling sled dog teams. 10 out of the last 20, top 20 finishers of last year's Iditarod were feeding a Nookshook 3232. Uh, Malinois and police dogs all thrive on it. About the same ratio for the Yukon Quest? Yep, yeah. Brent Sass, three-time winner of the Yukon Quest, was one of our biggest kind of early endorsers of the, of the product, and that's what he feeds his team when it's go time. I think a lot of them will eat 3025 throughout the training season or 2616 for the puppies. And do, do they typically, yeah, they, the, the, the runners for the sled dogs, they typically bump up to 3232 during the races? Is that how it goes? Yeah, that's correct. That's, what, uh, what about, that, that, that literally is. Oh, go ahead. What about elderly dogs? Uh, what would you recommend as a bird dog is getting older? Stay yeah, on. so I've got a 10-year-old, uh, i got a 10-year-old German short hair pointer. His name's Ace. He's next to me here on the bed. He eats 3025. He doesn't eat as much as he used to, though, because he's not. He was actually a sled dog racer himself. We got him when he retired. But it's like recreational sled dogs. So like four, four or eight dog teams pulling little kick sleds shorter distances. But he, he grew up and was bred for that. And he does well on the 3025 still because he's an 80-pound dog. He's a big GSP. So just for the caloric density, you know, all I need to feed him is about two and a third cups a day and he's golden, he'd do fine on the 2616, but I'd probably have to feed him like three and a half cups, maybe four cups to get the same amount of calories in him. So when he kind of slowed down and wasn't in the field as much, I mean, he's still in the woods two hours a day at least, and we do lots of hikes and stuff. He's still an active dog, but he's not in his prime anymore. He does well on the 325 still. We just scaled it back a little bit. If there's a dramatic drop-off in energy and a dog was on 3025 or 32-32 and, you know, they really are, are starting to slow down from their joints or whatever reason, then you could peel it right back to 2616 if you want. But the thing that we always like to keep in people's minds is, you know, a dog's stomach is only so big. Uh, it can only hold so much food and water at once and can only process so much at once. So it's nice to get as many calories in there as possible with as little feeding as possible. You know, it's nicer on the pocketbook. It's nicer coming out of the butts. Uh, it's, it's just a, a good you know, sweet spot to be in feeding as many calories as they need with a little kibble as possible. So your food compared to other brand foods, would you say that uh, a normal dog owner would feed their dog less with your food? 
Yes, about 20% less. It's, uh, and, you know, again, because most of our early customers about 20 years ago were people with 20, 30, 40, 50 dogs to feed. Feeding less means saving a lot of money. Right. right. Um, yeah, so it's calorically dense. So you got 470 calories per cup in our 2616. You've got 578 calories per cup in our 3025. And you've got 720 calories per cup in the 3232. Oh so most goodness. people, when they switch over to a Nookshook, feed about 20% less than they're used to. And this is a big, big problem for some people because they love their dogs so much. They want to feed their dogs the same amount of food because dogs love to eat. But if you overfeed a high protein and a high fat food, you're gonna you're gonna have problems in the back end. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always good to solve problems in the front end if you can. If you catch my drift. Yeah, so right, you know, right. if you have customers or people you know of, and they have loose stool and stuff like that, especially when the when the climate's getting hotter, loose stools is typically nine out of ten times, nine and a half out of ten times is is due to overfeeding because people just aren't used to being able to scale back as much as a nookshook will allow them to. Now, we, in the States here, we, Brian, we run into some uh, additives in food for dogs that have caused problems. And some of that, in all fairness, is removing the crops out of the diet of the dogs. Um, it's looking at your ingredient list here. You're covering not only chicken meal, but you're covering several different grains. And in addition, there are several different vitamins, B6, B1, D3. So th this is just packed with everything you need. There's selenium and folic acid. Many of these things are supplements that will help joint health as well. So when you Right. Yeah, a lot of people like to give their dogs extras or they'll supplement and add probiotics or eggs and yogurt and all this kind of stuff. We want to eliminate all that. You know, We want to create a complete formula that has everything that the dog needs in it. Dogs are omnivores. They need meat protein. They need their vegetables. They need their vitamins, just like us. So our vitamin packs, you know, those are exclusive. Those were developed. Um, there's a doctor, uh, Dale Hill. Um, there's a link to him on our website, our Corey Nutrition website, who helped us develop these formulas, and they work with our in-house nutrition team. We're really, really proud of our, of our vitamin mixes. And then, um, yeah, the grains, uh, you know, beet pulp, uh, brown rice in some recipes. Uh, it's a really good grain carb profile, right? So dogs are lucky. They get to access fat first. Uh, you know, when you carbo load for a race, you know, things like that. Humans, we access our fat second and our carbs first um, for energy. So dogs are lucky. They burn through the fat first. But once they burn through that, they're going to need those carbs as a supplementary energy source for long-term endurance, right? So it's a really good balance of everything a dog needs. And when people say, do I need to add anything else or can I supplement this side or the other thing? We say, you don't have to. Like, we put it in the bag for you. That's all that dog needs. Wow. That's awesome. That, that is just incredible. You, you know, on a human side, over the years, we had one gentleman show up to hunt with us that I knew. And he, he was. we went to the store and he bought a bunch of vegetables and fruits and whatnot and didn't understand we were going to be walking 8 or 10 miles a day with we're carving up and hitting proteins, you know, so there, there's a similarity there and we need to take care of these hunting dogs and, and uh, working dogs. And this is very, very interesting what you guys are doing. Um, availability of the products. Yeah, this is a, this is a, an area that we are growing in and that we need to grow as fast as possible in while maintaining, you know, a level of quality that, that, you know, we can never have dip. 
So right now, Anukshuk is available all over North America, Mexico, Canada, and the United States. But there's a couple different ways to get it depending on how much of it you need. So we're a wholesale direct um, product. We're not in big box stores. Um, we're, not, we're not using any major distributors um, so that we can pass all those savings on to the customer and offer a really competitive price for a really great product. But that does mean that you can't go into the big box store that's in every town and find a Nookshuk on the shelf either. So if you need a bulk order, the simplest thing to do is just give us a call. 1-800-561-0072. A human's going to pick up the phone every time and connect you to someone on the Nookshuk sales team. Excellent. And we consider bulk orders for the states anywhere over 20 bags. For the northeast, some of the closer states, because we have a warehouse in uh, Bangor, Maine, that we service the country from. So if you're in the northeast, 10 bags is where you can start. But anywhere you know beyond that, the east and western United States, 20 bag minimum order, half pallet pricing, full pallet pricing, which is the best value, and we ship direct. We can drop it off at any door uh, across the entire country. Um, now, not everyone needs to buy 20 bags of dog food at once. Some people just need one or two bags for their household pets. Well, so right. This I, is the part that – what's I, that, sorry? I'm sorry. As a uh, marketing person myself – uh, the audience that we're appealing to has, we've interrelated and interacted with uh, many different dog breeders and kennels. So the audience is there. And this has been a huge issue in the Upland thing in the States here is we, we've lost some very noted hunting dogs because the diets weren't right. And uh, it kind of blew up even to us and people wanted us to talk to you. And that's how we found you, how my brother found yeah. you. So we, the thing is, we all know as bird hunters that these animals are athletes. And, oh, yeah. and they need the right diet. I mean, you look at a professional athlete today. Let's talk about one of my favorite hockey because, you know, we grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So we're hockey fans. But um, those guys are athletes. Their nutrition is taken care of in this day and age to the nth degree. Everything that goes in and out of their body is tested and measured. This is where you're taking yeah. dog food to for working dogs. And it's a beautiful thing in my mind. I mean, it's just really. And, you know, we're hoping to extend that to, to, to as many dogs as possible. Like our 2616 formula, if you've got a little Boston Terrier that you love the snot out of, well, that dog deserves as much quality food as, as, as any other dog, in our opinion, yeah. even though we tested and cut our teeth with hunting dogs and mushing dogs and police dogs. It's kind of like Michael Jordan, you know, selling air, selling basketball shoes. Well, yeah. Is everyone going to play at the level of Michael Jordan? No. But, no. Does but, anyone who wants to throw a ball around want a good-fitting shoe? Yes. Every, you know? Everybody so, wanted an Air Jordan. I had some, I think, myself back in the day. So Exactly, right? Right. So we, um, you know, we market to the pros, but we want it available for everyone. So what I was just going to say to finish up there is right now in the States, um, you can hop on Chewy.com. You can buy a bag of a Nook Shook. It's like the Amazon for pet foods for your, some of your customers might not know about Chewy. It's free delivery. It's usually there within 48 hours. The, ba- the downside to Chewy is that uh, it's expensive because they're, you know, they are a distributor and they do have to make a markup. So typically, it's the highest price that you can find in Nookshuk. And you know, it's not the greenest thing in the world. It's it, they're shipping from all over the place. So what we're trying to do now is build um, a network of, of retail partners. We want local, independent-owned shops that we can offer, uh, you know, bulk pricing to. They can have a, a price that's better than Chewy. It's right there. You know, you can get your training treats or whatever else you need, your advice from those local experts, and then they can sell a Nookshook as well. So the next stage of distribution for the U.S. particularly 
is we're going to be seeking out retail partners in all the black hole spots where we don't have local resellers. Like a lot of breeders and a lot of hunters will buy a pallet and they'll resell. Anyone who buys a Nook Show can resell it. So, you know, they need 30 bags a month. They'll sell 35 bags a month. They'll buy a pallet, you know, and it works out well for them. And then their sales from a Nook Show will pay for their next pallet of food kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's worked really, really well for us up to a point. But now we've crossed this threshold of, under, of, of awareness. More people know about us in more places that we're not. So Chewy for now and a local retail partner down the road. And we're going we're gonna to build on that network and hopefully make a Nook Show really easy to find all across the country. And in Canada, it's pretty easy. Um, you hop on our website if you want to buy a bag or two, and we ship to any address in Canada. Uh, we have local resellers around our country as well. But, uh, you know, online, if you go to our website and you go to the Order Here tab, it'll walk you through, are you looking for bulk? Where are you? Are you looking for single household? Where are you? And then it will tell you how to get your hands on it. And then if you ever have a question, you know, you can just reach out, Facebook, Instagram, give us a call. We're, we're super easy to get a hold yeah, of that way. We're into all the social media, too. Why don't you rattle off real quick, if you would, please, Brian, the social media. And website. And website. Yeah. So we'll start with the website. It is anookshookpro.com, and that's uh, I-N-U-K-S-H-U-K-P-R-O.com. And then I always get our uh, Instagram and Facebook confused so i'm just opening up my computer here i believe facebook it is a nookshook professional dog food so if you just search that you'll find our page give us a follow and instagram i believe is a nookshook dog food is our handle excellent 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 yeah this has been very informative and uh, i'll make sure i link to your guys social media so if guys go to excuse me go to our website they can they can find it pretty easily yep yeah, and if we're if we're running out of time here, I do I did want to mention that we were down in McAdam, right on the border above Maine. The uh, the North American Woodcock Championships were held uh, about a month ago. Oh, really? Okay. And we had uh, we had about a dozen hunters come up from the states, from different different parts of the states, uh, and come out for the trial. And you know, I was talking to a lot of them, and some of them were guys that have been on you know pro plans with other companies and other brands and stuff like that. But a lot of them had all heard of us. Some half of them were feeding them. You know, we came in, we kind of did this little half hour talk. We went and walked a bunch of the braces with them and, and chit chatted. And we've had half of those guys either inquire or switch over since then after talking to the other guys. So if you know somebody that's, that's feeding it or on it, you know, I can blab my mouth off. My paychecks are signed by Nookshook Professional Dog Food. The word of mouth amongst the professionals is, is gold and, um, you know, I encourage people to have the conversation to see if it's working for them just to kind of bolster up, you know, what I'm saying. Oh, here. yeah. I Absolutely. can testify to that. One of uh, the guests that I've been on our show that is a dog trainer um, in northern Michigan. He actually, he's the guy that won the knife we just gave away. Um, Dennis Statuitz, he's, uh, he's the one that, like, kind of through his Facebook post, I saw that that's what he was buying. And then from there, I just went down the, what do you say? The foxhole or mm-hmm. <laughs> I went down the whole rabbit, you, hole. rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole chasing you guys. And, and that's where we are today. So, I mean, and he swears by you guys. So it's, that's awesome. It's, it's fascinating. Brian, did we miss anything? I didn't pass over anything. Did I? Um, you might want to say where they're located again. They're in, um, I'll, I'll say it. it's in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. Is that correct? Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, I guess the only other thing that's important to that we like to bring up is, um, you know, the biggest problem, we like to think that we're a solution-based company, right? And one of the biggest problems out there in the dog food world is lack of consistency with formulations. 
So a lot of companies will have 10, 12, 15 different mills peppered across the country, all running different products, different brands. So the, uh, the ability for them to have consistency and in the ingredients on a mass scale, like our competition is not twice as big as us. They are a planet where we are, you know, a speck of dust in the universe, you know, owned by some of the biggest food conglomerates in the world. So they got to pump out way more food, which means it's way harder for them to be consistent. We have one mill. It's 100 feet from my desk. We make all of our food from beginning to end through it. And our biggest thing is formulation consistency. We will not change or dilute this product to make more money on it. We have no shareholders. We are family-owned. And we know, because we have talked and heard the woes of thousands of dog owners, that the consistency is key. So we just want to be upfront with that. We've had two price changes in the last 18 months because COVID has made things more expensive. And we just say to people, hey, dog food's going to be a buck more a bag. It's going to be the same dog food in the bag. We need to do this to make things sustainable. And instead of backlash, which you might expect from price you know, increases, we get the opposite. We get thank yous because people have been burned by this problem before and they know that we're not going to contribute to it. So we're, we're quite proud of that, and i just like to, to get that out there. Okay, let me recap real quick. And it's Anukshuk, and Anukshuk is located in New Brunswick, Canada, correct? And that, correct. that is Nordique territory or Canadian? I'm trying to think. Uh, you thinking about hockey? Yeah, I always think about hockey. But it's split, man. So you got <laughs> you got you got maple leaf. Maple leaf. Wait, wait a second, Brian. Biggest, I got to tell my brother. You splitter. can't bring a Canadian on this podcast without me talking about hockey. Oh, okay? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like the Upper Peninsula, no, Michigan. Uh, it's it's funny, part Packers it's, and part Lions, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, here there is there there you know the, there is no maritime. We're the maritime, so PEI. Right. Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, uh, there is no hockey team for them. So people, you know, it's what their dads grew up. So if you grew up in Quebec with French parents, you know, even in that province of Quebec, it's split down the middle, uh, Habs and, and Maple Leafs. Well, I, I so think it, the, it's a great rivalry that will, well, that will never end. And the, 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 oh, well, I mean, the Leafs don't win anything, so I guess the Habs are winning in that regard. You know what would be said here, what? Brian. The reason you can't have a hockey team in the Maritimes is, frankly, because of the Quebecians, right? Just just have to <laughs> see. Yeah, the, the that pe- and a lack of a population. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that lack of population first. But you know the Ontario people yeah. all pick on the Quebec We may people. not be big, but we're small. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so let me, let me get the roundup done here. Um, no GMOs. No filler nope. ingredients, and we went through that. And those ingredients include more than just food. There's probiotics. There, I mean, there's vitamins, essential in there with the everything's in there that you need. You don't need an extra treat. Functional formula. The three are the thirty-two, thirty-two on the protein fat, the twenty-six, sixteen, and the thirty twenty-five. And you said most of the working dogs in hunting are thirty twenty-five, correct? Thirty twenty-five during hunting season. A lot of them will peel back to twenty-six sixteen during the off season, just right. so that they don't put on any extra pounds. And, exactly. You know, they just and use off the you know the liver processing a lot of fat. It's, when it doesn't need to, you know, it's nice to give it a break as well. So um, I was talking to the gentleman at that trial there, and most of them, I thought they were going to be thirty-two, thirty-two, and thirty twenty-five, but it was actually thirty twenty-five during go time, twenty-six sixteen. They peel it back. Some just stay on the thirty twenty-five. Depends on the dog. But that's your typical setup. Tens, tens on the and I didn't mention, and I might get my wrist slapped a little bit from the higher-ups, but we are about to release a new product. I'm not going to tell you a date because we we're in the testing. 
But, you know, there's some dog sensitivities out there when it comes to certain proteins and certain ingredients. Yep. And we are about to release a Nookshook Marine 25. It'll be oh, a 325-based formula with three fish proteins with no chicken, no wheat, no soy, and no corn. And oh, those are the four based. kind of things that dogs can be sensitive to. Uh, it'll be a little bit pricier because the salmon and the white fish that we're using for the protein pa- palette is a little bit more of an expensive, um, you know, ingredient. But we're expecting this thing to sell like gangbusters. It's going to bump us up into the next level. And we're really, really excited. We're hoping by 2022 it'll be on the market, maybe a little bit before. But I've probably already said too much if you ask my boss. Oh, no. That, that, we'll leave it right here. So um, We'll make sure he doesn't listen. Yeah. One, one thing, Brian. Oh, he will. He will. It's okay. My <laughs> wrist is tender. He's used to it. One thing. One thing. I've been in sales and marketing for a very long time, and and uh, everybody wants to talk about the new thing. And actually, with all the food allergies out there in dogs, this is a pretty interesting market. Um, pretty pretty niche, but it, it's very lucrative. So, uh, one thing you know, I, at first we were a little oh, go ahead. Uh, one thing that we didn't pick up on that we had a note on was the infusion process. Is that part of the manufacturing infusing? Um, everything into yes, the food. thank you. I meant to bring that up. Yeah, so the reason that we're able to boast that we have the world's highest energy dog food is because of how we make it. So, quick history lesson for Anukshuk. 40 years ago, Corey Seed Mills opened up, Lee Corey, the founder of our company, and he started making commercial fish food. So, commercial fish food, you know, little floating flakes, they have to give you the best yield, meaning that fish has to eat as little as possible than to produce as big a fish as possible. So, the way that they did that is by sucking fat into those little flakes through a vacuum infusion process. Well, we found out if we did that same thing to fish food that we do to kibble, we can create a really crunchy kibble that'll help um, with gum and tooth health, but also by replacing all those air pockets with fat sucked into the kibble, we can get 720 calories per cup. We can dial it up to more than that if we wanted to, but we don't really think there's a need. But most food companies didn't have that lucky process of having to figure it out for another completely different market and then pivot into this so we kind of stumbled into this amazing way to lock in more fat than any other company most companies just spray it on and you'll have greasy palms if you're training with it it'll stink it'll absorb a little bit of the fat but most of it won't get absorbed we suck it right into the food some other companies are doing it it's it's not like a patented secret or anything like that it's just more work and um that's our philosophy do it right do it right. Work. Yep. Excellent. Anything else, brother? Um, so um, um, go ahead. Go I ahead. say brother all the time, but you're talking to your actual brother. <laughs> no, no, go ahead if you had anything. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything. My mouth just moved. Uh, okay. You're just making fun of my brother. So <laughs> we got Chewy.com. I also wrote down from your website, there's DogFoodDirect.com, Custom Canine Unlimited, and Leo, L-E-O, Canine Nutrition. Those are other places um, yeah. our listeners can find you. Yep. We have a lot of local resellers around the country, so you know some of them might be hard to find. Give us a call or reach out on on Facebook or Instagram if you need to find a local reseller in your area. A lot of local resellers that are on board now are people that were brought to us by other clients saying, I'm ordering off Chewy. I'd love to get it locally. Here's a store I know about. I go, okay. thank you. I call that store. I give them the price list. Sometimes they order, and it works, it works really well. We're so easy to get a hold of. So just uh, the website has all the information. And all the contacts. So if you have to remember one thing, one takeaway from this for follow-ups, AnookshukPro.com. Okay, great. Great. All right, that's good. Brian, we really appreciate you coming in as a brother in sales and marketing for 
three and a half decades. Uh, you did a wonderful job. Very well prepared. Oh, we I appreciate, appreciate that. that. I, uh, and, I think we have similar backgrounds, actually. I, I, took, I am a graduate of a broadcast journalism program uh, from southwestern Ontario. Uh, and it's been great pivoting onto the dark side into the marketing world. Yeah, I, I, I started out as a journalism major and uh, writer and uh, ended up in animal health. So it was... Uh, Oh, cool. All those tools, I don't know about you, but all those tools of writing, even learning to type and writing, and really helped me in my career because it made you a better Absolutely, communicator. Absolutely, man. The best marketers are ones with journalistic backgrounds, I, for sure. And I know when I'm talking to one, we had another one early in these podcasts, and I and my brother knows immediately I'm talking to a professional writer and marketer, and <laughs> I'm good with that. So we appreciate all your time. That's Brian Connolly from Inukshuk, and Covey out there, man. Let's take care of those dogs. Yeah. That's right. This is the best food out there in the world, and we really hope you uh, take a good look at it, give them some feedback, and uh, anything we can do to help, Brian, let us know. We Are we okay to link on social media with you? Yeah, please link up. And, um, you know, while I'm building up my interview um, deck for my next block of episodes that we're going to release on our own podcast, oh, yeah, I guess I should say we have a podcast, uh, the Anukshuk Pro Podcast, Inside the World of Working Dogs. Oh. You can find that wherever you find a podcast. Um, but you know, I would like to get your RSS feed and just drop it right into um, into our feed, and yeah, just, you know, problem. introduce people to your podcast as well. While we're kind of holding over, waiting for the next episode block. So yeah, link us up on everything. I will share whatever you tag us in, and uh, if you can drop me that RSS feed in a in an email, the link um, that would be awesome. Be yeah, great. No All right. All right. Thanks, Brian. Go Habs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stay on uh, Stay on line. <laughs> I'm more of a Raptors guy myself, so I'll say go Raptors. Oh, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, <laughs> the guy from Toronto likes basketball yeah, better. Yeah. That's all right. Don't worry, guys. You can edit that out. I'll say go Habs. Go ahead. And half my family just rolled over in their grave and bristled their skin. <laughs> it's like saying Packers does. No, don't say yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. They might as well say Lions. No, yeah. Yeah. All, right, All right, Brian, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you. Let us know as the company expands. We'll keep an eye on you. I keep a pretty detailed list of everything. And let us know, especially with new formulas and that allergy, that, uh, that uh, marine formula is very interesting for allergy dogs. So. Um, yeah. When you no, get, we'll be, when we'll you get to that, that when you get to that launch, come back and give us fifteen minutes, and we'll put you on. Okay. Uh, that'd be awesome. And tell you what, why don't you shoot me an email with your addresses, and if you guys want, I can send you some dog food. Oh yeah, I'd love some dog food. <laughs> that, that'd be for my brother. I yeah. don't have a dog currently. I have two dogs. We so. we do appreciate that. He wants to try it. I know he does. Yeah, so. I do. But the, the, I would, lo- I would Maggie, love to get your feedback you. on it. <laughs> you know, having it in the in the hands of professionals and people that know how to talk to other people is. Super, super valuable to us. It's, so please, it's called let's that, continue to support each other and get this done together. That's right. It's called that second touch, isn't it, Brian? You touch somebody, they touch well, somebody, second touch. So good marketing. Second touch. All right. Thanks, Beautiful. Brian. Appreciate all your time. That's Brian Connolly from Inukshuk. Inukshuk. I'm struggling with that. I want to say Inukshuk. Just say it real fast. Five times in a row. Inukshuk. That is the key. Inukshuk. 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 Yeah. See, I want to say the I with a different emphasis. Inukshuk. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> there you go. Stay All right, Brian. We appreciate it. When you get your launch with your marine product, come back on, and we'll get that on here. And we uh, we encourage everybody in the covey to take a good look at this. And uh, I know Matt is very interested. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Amazing, guys. Thank you so much. Bird Camp Podcast is brought to the covey in part by Bark River Nights. In Michigan's beautiful Upper Peninsula, manufacturer of excellent knives made of high-end knife-specific steel for maximum performance and longevity. 
Bark River, founded in 2001, have high-end handle materials with ingenious convex blade geometry. Visit BarkRiver.com or on Facebook. To purchase Bark River knives, DLTrading.com, KnifeShipForFree.com, or at your local retailer. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like to enter the knife contest? Check it out at Patreon forward slash BirdCamp. Leave us some feedback, which we would appreciate. Our email is mi.birdcamp at gmail.com. Check us out on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for BirdCamp. Our website is www.birdcamp.net. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next show. See ya.